Weekday afternoon replay from Money FM 89.3. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Good afternoon and welcome to Market View. I'm Clarissa Montero along with my co-presenter, JP Ong. You know, okay, before we get to the markets, I, I joked almost about Tiger Woods yesterday and I wish there had been stocks in Tiger Woods. But had there been, I think everybody would have made some money. Well, I think one of the things you could have piled into probably was Nike, Nike shares. And I, I Nike, will, I will, Akushnet. Yes, that's you know. true. But Nike, there is a marketing firm that did a study actually that apparently Tiger Woods' uh, um, win at the Masters was equivalent to an added $22.5 million in value for Nike. Now, keep in mind too, and this is something I actually looked at a bit um, – the game of golf has not been the same since Tiger Woods slumped over the last right. decade and over the last 12 years. And really, it drew a lot of people to the sport. A com- sports commentators on Fox, on Fo- FS1 and ESPN have pointed out that when Tiger Woods won his first Masters, he, he actually saw a number of these parents of these uh, of these children with athletic potential, instead of pushing them towards basketball or American football or baseball, Mm-mm-mm. they were actually starting to give them golf clubs. And that generated a lot of interest. It also generated a lot of interest in people on these public courses all over the world saying, hey, you know what? I want to be the next Woods. And you ask the likes of Rory McIlroy, the likes of uh, Jordan Spieth, a lot of them say, you know, we looked up to Tiger Woods. Sure. So him coming back actually might be a potential reignition for the game of golf. And really, it comes down to Tiger well, Woods. Uh, uh, not the game of golf, the yeah. business of golf. And the business of golf. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair enough. It could be a reignition for the business of golf, and uh, and 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 one of those that could stand to benefit is Nike, which, by the way, just a couple of years ago, did sell their golf unit uh, off to, yep. a, to a, off all right and spun that off to concentrate on other businesses. But again, this is uh, just just a quick side note before we get into the Singaporean markets today. Um, uh, very interesting to track how Nike actually plays this off because this is $22.5 million. It might be seen as change to a company of the size well, of Nike. Well, they pay him more, I'm but, sure. Yeah, but I think going down the road, if this does re- reignite a sort of renaissance mm-hmm. for uh, for, for golf, it could be uh, something that could prompt Nike to look at the business again and look at the game of golf once again. But again, it all depends on how good Tiger, Tiger Woods' back now, is over okay. the next couple of years. Yeah, you're right. And, and I'm going to be watching that quite uh, with a rather keen eye because this is intriguing to me, the Tiger effect uh, from the point of view of business and finance. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we talk about how green it looks across <laughs> Asia, I just wanna. I'm just wondering how many. Did you people... just sneak a golf reference pun in there? Yeah, I did. Oh, there you go. <laughs> See, I'm smart to your. I'm smart to your tricks yeah, too. See? Yeah, yeah. But before we talk about how green it all looks in Asia, I'm wondering how many people today went to work in red. How many people are today went to work in red? Wearing red. I'm not really sure, to be honest, actually. Um, but I will tell you who is, uh, who is doing rather well today, and that is the SGX. Again, the Straits Times Index is up by about five and a half points so far. Again, meager, but again, when you think about uh, the, the losses that we saw kick off this trading week, it's actually looking like the SGX is off to a decent Tuesday so far. Now, the mi- mi- local benchmark Straits Times Index up to 3,332 points. It did spend a little bit of time below 3330, but it is coming back slowly. Value turnover still a little bit muted. We did talk about how some of these lead-ups to uh, to uh, to long weekends tend to see a bit of uh, a bit of risk off, a bit of thinning uh, activity on the on the bourse. But you're seeing about 507 million Singapore dollars in total trades changing hands. When you look at how the securities on the SGX are doing today, you're seeing a number of interesting stocks that are actually uh, that that are gaining 
that are that are some of the most heavily traded. For instance, you look at the likes of uh, of Singtel and DBS, but this time they've changed places. DBS is now in the green, and Singtel, after spending a, a good number of days of pushing the stock up to their highest levels in months, you're seeing a little bit of profit taking now coming back into mm-hmm. the, the country's low, uh, into the country's largest uh, telco. They're down by about 0.3 percent as compared to DBS shares, which are up by 13 cents a piece. When you look across uh, other stocks at the moment, you're seeing Yang Zichang Shipbuilding starting to uh, flex their muscle again. That stock is up by about one and a quarter percent. Venture Corp up by 3.1 percent. Perhaps just a little bit of a cheer for some of these manufacturing companies, especially after the after news that uh, those comments from U.S. Treasury Secretary Stephen Mnuchin, where he said that they might be coming to the final rounds of a de- uh, of negotiations before them and China can strike a deal. There's also talks that the U.S. is starting to lighten up on some of their demands for for enforcement rules and for some of these uh, some of these uh, uh, moves to. Uh, Uh, some of these uh, moves to, for China to, to cut subsidies to some of their industries. And also China saying that you know, they might be lifting some of the tariffs they imposed on U.S. agriculture goods. So a bit of tit for tat there. And it is at least just lifting sentiment, not just here, but across the rest of the region. You see the Nikkei 225 in, uh, in Tokyo up by about a quarter percent. The ASX 200, Shanghai, Shenzhen, both looking rather strong. The Shanghai Composite up by 1.2 percent. Keep in mind that year-to-date, they're up by more than 30 percent. So th- today, they're just extending their lead as the best tra- the best performing major market or equity market in the world and the hang seng also looking rather healthy to krill so up by 0.6% so it's a it's a it's a I wouldn't say it's a terrific Tuesday, but it's an okay Tuesday so far for markets. So people are all playing in the greens today. Uh, it is true. <laughs> They're all hoping for birdies at the moment. <laughs> well, I, I think somebody who would rather see green than red would be KIT. Yes, that's true. So KIT, um, uh, by the way, as we mentioned, this is we are leading up to earnings season. And we're expecting Keppel Corp to release their uh, earnings report on a th- Thursday, but before that, we're going to talk about the REITs and business trusts that are underneath Keppel. And as you mentioned, Keppel Infrastructure Trust not doing too well when they when you look at their most previous other the 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 report for their first quarter earnings, and you saw that these they reported. Total distribution per unit of about 93 Singaporean cents. That's flat. Didn't really grow that much. But what was really noticeable was Capital Infrastructure Trust bu- um, booked a net loss of over 16 million Singapore dollars. And they said this was because of their acquisition of Australian Chemicals Group. Uh, Ixom, Ixom, I hope I'm, get, I'm getting the pronunciation here right, but Ixom, they did pay about 16 million Singapore dollars to, uh, to purchase them. And this is when they're booking that, uh, that, the, the expense that they incurred to acquire them also. Overall, though, the trust maintained the total distribution per unit at about 93 Singapore cents. This is also uh, rather interesting when you compare it to how another one of Keppel's REITs actually did. Keppel DC, which is their, uh, dis- which is their data center REIT, saw a 6.7% increase in their distributions per unit. But they also reported the distributable income grew by about roughly 30% to $27.1 million Singapore dollars. So their infra REIT not doing too hot, but this is due to a major acquisition that they booked in the first quarter. Meanwhile, it seems that data, data centers at least um, seem to be doing... A- a lot better than some of their infrastructure counterparts, at least looking at how the first quarter panned out for, the, for these two Keppel REITs. So uh, until Keppel does give us their uh, income in total, 
it's a little plus here, it's a little minus yeah, there. Uh, this it is, doesn't look too bad overall. Yeah, this is what I call this is what, in, I, 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 refer, I, I call this affectionately the children showing the report cards, and we're <laughs> going to see how they actually contribute and how, da- how, how da- mommy and daddy report their cards and how these all feed into how mommy and daddy do later on on Thursday. I wonder which one of those kids would be yours. Ah, yes. Who's the, who's, who's the star pupil and who's the, prob- who's the dunce and who's the problem child? At the, the moment, dunce, could be, yeah. it could be DC Reed that's doing well in infra in the dunce, you know? <laughs> All right. Now, let's give people some good news. Okay. A hot stock. There is a hot stock, and this was from yesterday to Asia Pay TV Trust. I want to get the updated uh, performance for Asian Pay TV Trust. This is in the business trusts. They're up by roughly 8.9%, but this after they surged by roughly 22% at one point yesterday. Now, there's a lot of interesting uh, news bits connected to Asian Pay TV Trust. This is a company that has one operating a- asset called Taiwan Broadband Communications, which is one of the biggest cable TV providers over mm-hmm. in Taiwan. Now, now if if you look at some of the studies, Paul Chu of Philip Capital did say that uh, in, in a recent report also that uh, there, is, there are signs that uh, that that uh, you know cable TV at least is starting to is starting to shrink as a, as a business. You're starting to see less people actually do this. But this is what's what's interesting about APTT is that they have a new majority shareholder, a significant shareholder, and it happens to be Terry Go. Of Foxconn, Foxconn is arguably yeah. is probably the most uh, the most one of the most well known suppliers for Apple, and uh, and uh, he does have a stake now worth forty seven million U S dollars in APTT. He does APTT. get around, he, he does get around, especially <laughs> now, and they are looking to do a special meeting to determine the strategic future of the company. So a number of people are wondering where is Mister Go, where do, how does he fit in this picture, and where are they taking APTT? Well, one of the things that uh, that Paul Chu of Philip Capital said is that that uh, that there, there seems to be a lot of spend uh, towards digitizing setup set top boxes and uh, set top boxes, but that uh, that one thing that could play in their favor also is that is that uh, is that Terry Go could be using APTT as a as a means towards distributing their 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 digital boxes and some of their some of their equipment mm-hmm. through through the network that APTT has so this could be their way of using this network to leverage and just and just increase some of their sales and, and some of their distribution of these products but what's also interesting is that uh, Terry Go has stepped away from Foxconn he stepped out as their chairman mm-hmm. and there is news in Reuters being reported that he might be considering a bid for the Taiwanese presidency sometime in mm. 2020 so again there's so many interesting things that are sort of intertwining with regards to the story, and APTT is just one of those cogs that are in the middle of all of these uh, all of these developments. So you're talking about Taiwanese politics interlapping with business. You're talking about um, APTT, which is in a business that's seen as stagnating, perhaps also a sunset for some some of the more skeptical analysts out there that could be getting a, a bit of a boost if they're able to leverage or if they're able to benefit from these potential plans. That of uh, perhaps using the network to roll out more of these digi boxes and help them also make the shift over to the more digital side away from your standard uh, cable setups. Right. Okay. I've got a trick question for you. Yes, ma'am. What does Singapore Sovereign Wealth Fund GIC, our Tomasic Holdings, and a Canadian Public Pension Fund have in common? 
Ah, well, <laughs> well, there are three letters in the middle of this, and it's KKR. <laughs> so these are former K, uh, associates of Colbert, Kravis, and Roberts. If you've ever read Barbarians at the Gate from, uh, from, uh, from the early 90s, KKR was the pioneer, was, was touted as one of the early pioneers of the leveraged buyout. That's when you buy out these massive companies using amounts of debt and, you, and, 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 and banking on the future, op, uh, future cash flows of that company to pay off mm-hmm. this debt. So they did that to buy Nabisco uh, back in the early 90s. And KKR is known as the master of the LBO. And it seems that some of their former, uh, some of their former veterans or former executives led by their former greater China head, David Liu, they've raised about $2.5 billion to try and 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 uh, deepen and 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 start penetrating the Chinese markets, investing in Chinese funds. Right. We do know that the MSCI is raising their exposure to Chinese equities going down the road. They are tr- raising the weighting on their major global indices. Bloomberg Barclays this time is doing the same thing, but this time for Chinese bonds listed on their indices. It seems that DCP want, DCP, which is the company of uh, former KKR Greater China head David Liu, said that they are looking to try to get in on some of that action. He did say that. Uh, The fund was significantly oversubscribed, but some of his, some of the people who've gotten in with him also are GIC and state investor Tomasek, just trying to get, uh, trying, trying to deepen their uh, exposure and possible, and, and uh, try, try to find another way to get into China. Keep in mind, though, that KKR, David Liu's former uh, company, did say yesterday that they're actually more bullish in, uh, in Japan at the moment. They oh. say that they're making Japan their highest priority after the U.S. So there's a bit of a divergence here. You're seeing the greater China head saying, no, we're doubling down on China. We think this is going to be a great market. Meanwhile, his former employer saying, oh, we're going to stay over in the land of the rising sun. I think Tokyo is mm. going to be a better place for us at the moment. So you're seeing some of these divergences. And, and also, it's a sign that some of these global investors are starting to take a look again at the global landscape and markets and saying, hey, where, where can we start positioning ourselves? Maybe a sign that risk is back on the table. Some of them are starting to build their appetites. And it seems that Tomasek and GIC are also starting to explore and test the waters again. And they're putting some of their money or at least uh, – or at least, uh, favoring their sites on towards China. Well, we've seen GIC go shopping in the last few weeks. So oh, that you never is true. know. They could be looking at Japan next. Uh-huh. <laughs> you never know. They, they, see, this is their version of shoe shopping online. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So it's all green right now. It looks pretty good given the fact that it is a short trading week. Uh, what do you think? It's going to stay green for the rest of the day. Every time is, I say something like that. I really you, should just record a standard. I get a, a look a stand, from and, you. And just, and, just, and just press a button and say, this is what I think about the market. No, um, there's a decent chance, again, that, uh, that gains will probably be muted for the week, given it is shortened. Mm. However, you know. I, I think that uh, I think I think the upside is uh, there's more. The, it leans more to the upside than the downside so far. But I think a lot will hinge again on tomorrow's China, uh, uh, report from China when they release not just first quarter GDP but also figures for retail sales, fixed asset investment, and industrial production. It gives a better picture of how uh, of where exactly the the world's second largest economy is heading. Are we seeing a slowdown? And for that, we're going to be speaking to Hao Tso, who's economist over at Commerce Bank, to help us break down the numbers. Tomorrow afternoon at about four o'clock on primetime. All right. And um, what will you be doing today on primetime that we can share with the listeners now? Well, we're going to look at some of these uh, market moves. But one thing we are speaking to Raghav Kapoor, the head over, he's the head of Smart Karma, which is one of which is one of the up and coming uh, financial service and financial research providers in the world. They just inked a significant deal with interactive brokers to provide financial research uh, products to some of their uh, to some of their 
uh, to their broad base of clients who use IAB as a platform to trade stocks and other financial products. And we're going to be talking about some of these trends that we're seeing with regards to investment research. Keep in mind that just a f- um, just last week, there was an announcement that Nomura, sadly, was going to be cutting a significant amount a of, of, jobs, e- of yeah. jobs here, especially in the equity research uh, uh, space. We saw Societe Generale in France do the same thing also. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're going to be asking Raghav Kapoor about where he thinks the investment research industry is actually heading. Is Are we going to see more of these consolidations? Are we going to see more of these uh, competitors pop up and perhaps uh, – and perhaps provide some of these uh, some of these insights to interested investors. I mean, way before you invest, always do your research. And you sh- and I-, I-, I do implore investors to to go ahead and try to find as much information as they can. And Smart Karma is a decent uh, a portal to a platform to look for those some of these uh, some of these. Uh, insights, information, research. Uh, we'll be asking him actually where he thinks it's going and what the future of, fi- of uh, financial of financial analysis is going to be. Mm-hmm. And also, could there be other threats? Like say, could artificial intelligence take over the whole pie in say 10 to 20 years? But again, these are questions that, that I'm like sure he thinks about. Like, I have my idea. But yes, <laughs> yes, but we'll ask someone who actually has been in the game and is actually an knee- idea. <laughs> and not just knee deep, but waist deep in the game. And I think it's going to be a very fascinating uh, conversation with Mr. Kapoor later on. Okay, so there you have it. JP Young just gave you a very, very good li- reason to tune into primetime later today. Of course, I'm not saying that you should tune out to Workday Afternoon right now, but this has been Market View with JP Ong. I'm Clarissa Monterey, your Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.